the pearl of great price. I have a friend of many years who has always wanted to be married. He's a really good guy, and I've seen this pattern that he meets that special girl that he's hoping she's the one, and he he texts her and he calls her, he buys her flowers, he takes her on a date, he introduces her to his family, and then the second month begins. (laughs) Sometimes. It it reminds me of the scene in Tommy Boy when he's in the cafe with the, the little roll, and he's like, I love it and I hug it, and sometimes then I smother it, and then it just like explodes and doesn't work. Sometimes going all in means waiting for the right time to go all in. I know for myself, uh, in my own journey, there was a time when I was in college and I thought I had met the girl I was going to marry. And in my heart, I decided, I said, this is it. I'm going to go all in for her. But there's there's a right timing and a manner with all that. And when that didn't work out, when that thing that I had gone all in for didn't happen, it was, it was devastating, but it was also correcting. God and life has a way that when I go all in for the wrong things, that it can't sustain it, that a relationship can't take that kind of wait. But God can. Jesus today likens the kingdom of heaven to a treasure in a field or a pearl of great price that when the person encounters it, they're willing to forego with everything else in order to receive that which is of greatest value. That this, this is what I've been searching for and longing for, and it's, it's worth going all in for. And so Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. That that heaven is worth going all in for. And if I, and I have done this myself, if I allow something else to get in the place of that, if if I try to go all in for other things, at some point it's going to fall flat. That, That if my goal is... It's all about school, and I have to get the best grades. And then all of a sudden, I don't get that grade, or I fail that class, and it feels like my whole world crumbles. Or I, I, that job, that job is what I want more than anything, and I, I, I move cities, and I buy a new house, and, and then all of a sudden, I'm let go. And, and that bitterness. That resentment can last for a long time. Or a relationship. We, we pour ourselves into this relationship, and then one day we wake up, and they're not there anymore. And our whole world is like turned upside down. That, that which we were focused on, that which we had gone all in for, failed. But Jesus is trying to reorient us to say that, that heaven is that treasure, that heaven is, is worth it. And, and when, I, when I get that right perspective, that if I know heaven's my goal, 
and then I fail a class, I'll be okay. That, that if I'm looking at eternity and all of a sudden this job doesn't work out, that stinks, but God must have a different plan. Or that relationship that I had clung to and hoped for so much isn't there, that there was a time in my life when that person wasn't there and I was okay, and maybe I'll be okay again knowing that God is still with me. That the relationship that's going to be there forever is that eternal relationship with God. I was invited to a special event four weeks from now in Phoenix. I'm not going to be able to go because it's the first week of school here. But there's a young lady who's consecrating herself to virginity. Now, she's not going to be a religious sister. She's going to be a lay person and work and, and, and all that. But, but she's recognized that she doesn't feel called to marry, and she wants to live her life fully dedicated to God. And I think for her peers, it seems very strange. They're like, well, hold on a second. Like, it's not too late to get married. Like, what if, what if you do this, and then next week, like, he comes along? Like, what? And so everyone's trying to hedge their bets, you know? But, but she's like, no, that's not, that's not what, I, what I want. That she has found that pearl of great price, and she's willing to go all in. And it's interesting. I mean, it's actually very inspiring that here's this young girl. She's, she's not even 30. She's not married. She has no house. She's working a humble job at a high school. And she, she's so joyful. Like, she's so joyful that you meet her and you're like, I think, I think maybe she's kind of being fake or whatever. She's just acting nice and happy. And then the longer you get to know her, you're like, wow, that's genuine, right? Like, it's, you can't fake joy. You know when someone's putting on a smile that's not authentic. And, and so it's, she's acting on what she knows to be true, on what's making her happy. And I think in eternity, in eternity all those friends are going to look at her and say, wow, she was so wise. Like, she got it, and she had the courage to follow it. So, not everyone's called to uh, consecrated virginity, but we are called to be wise about the right things. That in our first reading today, Solomon is asked by God, ask something of me and I will give it to you. Which, interestingly, that's, that's actually the prayer, the question that God asks all of us. He says, like, what do you want? Jesus says that, right, in the Gospels. What do you want me to do for you? That God actually wants to hear the desires of our hearts. And he has a plan to fulfill them. And Solomon, in his humble wisdom, instead of asking for riches or for dominion over his enemies, he says, O Lord my God, you have made me your servant king to succeed my father David, but I'm a mere youth, not knowing how to act. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong, for who is able to govern this vast people of yours? That says, God, give me wisdom that I might know how to be a good leader, that I might be able to serve these people well that you've entrusted to me. 
that wisdom, this is the definition to memorize, wisdom is proper application of knowledge. Okay, I'll repeat it because it's important. Wisdom is proper application of knowledge. So it's, it's not only knowing what to do, but also when to do it. it it's like um, when I... I remember when I had my, my, my first big job, big boy job, um, after college, and I knew my paycheck was coming, I remember something my high school economics teacher told me, that if you invest $2,000 every year from the time you're 20 to you're 25, and then stop, and you stop investing, at 8% return, you will retire a millionaire. I don't know why I remember that, but I learned, I learned something. And, uh, <laughs> So before I got my first paycheck, I went to the public library and checked out three books on personal finance and investing. I'm like, early money's big money. How do I? All I did was take that knowledge that I had learned. Everybody in the class had heard it, but I applied it at the right time. Well, now I'm a priest, but you know, it, it all works out. But, um, you know. But do, do you see how the example fits? Like. As opposed to, okay, I'm, I'm 55 and I need to start preparing for retirement. It's like, well, no, people have been telling us our whole lives that we have to do that. So it's, it's knowing what to do and then acting on it in the proper time. And so I, there's, I think there's, there's four ways to learn wisdom. Um, one, one is through suffering. When I see somebody who's really wise, even a young person... I, I've recognized that they've, they've actually probably suffered a lot. That, that suffering can be a great teacher of wisdom. But secondly is, a next teacher of wisdom is suffering that, that we could have avoided. The first one is suffering we couldn't avoid. The second one is suffering I could have avoided, but I made mistakes. That was dumb, and I learned my lesson. I hope we learn our lessons, right? Like, sometimes we don't learn our lessons. But there's wisdom there if we're willing to learn it. Third, I don't have to learn from my mistakes. I can actually learn from other people's mistakes. There's less heartburn that way, you know? Like. But the fourth source of wisdom is simply learning and applying it. I don't have to go through any suffering. That someone can be very wise simply by learning and applying it with, with humility. I think we're in our world, there's a lot of people that say, well, I, I just have to learn for myself. I was like, I, I hope you do. <laughs> I mean, I hope you learn whatever you have to go through, but you don't have to, I don't have to make a mistake to learn wisdom. I don't have to be on my deathbed before I realize a relationship with God's really important. That I can actually live my entire life with that before me. There's, there's another silly example that I think of like, knowing and acting on it. So I know that being on my laptop or cell phone for about two to three hours before I go to bed is going to keep me up. And I have a choice on whether I act on that knowledge. And I've learned that 99% of the things that maybe I want to do at that time, they can wait till the morning and everything gets done and I'm actually going to be happier. Now, that doesn't mean I do that every night, right? But I know it. And if I'm truly wise and humble, 
then I'll act on that knowledge that I have, and I'm going to be I'm going to be happier. I mean, you see, students, we do this all the time, right? Like, okay, I've got a big paper due Monday. What do we choose to do over the weekend? We all laugh because we've all been there, right? Like, so it's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. It's, it's right in front of us if we have the humility to embrace it. That God, God doesn't hide things from us. He, he offers them to us if we have the willingness to accept it, that he wants to make me happy, but sometimes the biggest opponent to my happiness is me. But if I have the humility just to embrace and exercise that knowledge, I'm actually going to be, be happier. So maybe, maybe I don't have to sell everything and follow God, but can I, can I recognize that God is, is more important than all other things? Can I, can I make him a priority and knowing that and, and choose that day after day. And that no matter what happens, even if these other things fall out, that it's going to be okay. I, I think we all know this to a degree because you wouldn't be here otherwise. That every one of us is saying with our presence today that Sunday Mass is more important than anything else I could be doing right now. We know it and we're acting on it. And so notice... Notice the rest of today. Notice the rest of the week as you reflect on this. I went to Mass on Sunday. <sighs> yeah, it was good. It's very different than if I don't go and then all week I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that, that didn't happen again. Shoot, you know? But there's, there's something that we act on what we know bit by bit. It just, we're happier. And here's what we find. When, when you and I, when we go all in for God, what we find is the God who chooses to go all in for us. The God who's willing to sell everything he has, to pour out all that he has in order to not be separated from you and I. That our God doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't done first. And, and that helps me to understand this young lady. That maybe she's onto something. That she has encountered the one who is fully for her. The one who knows her happiness and knows the path to give it to her. That she has already, at her young age, discovered that pearl of great price. And then by you and I, by loving him back the way he loves us, we can already now behold our treasure for eternity.